Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss children's movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm joined today with two people that have the same name. First up, Brother Josh from Spoilers. Yes! Hi. He just came, everyone. <laughs> Whoa! No, you just arrived. You just got here. That isn't actually a Dennis the Menace joke. That joke would be in this movie, for real. <laughs> also joining us for the first time in a long time, review dude, Josh Pinson. I don't know if I can top that. Like, <laughs> we just witnessed a man coming... Uh, appearing, <laughs> arriving on on the pod. I don't know if he I arrived talk. so hard. He arrived very hard. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you both, Joshes, for being here today. I really like this. I'm fascinated by this, but I'm sure the novelty will expire very quickly. The fact that I have two people named Josh on this podcast with me—that's not to say it's the first time you guys have been here, but it's the first time that it's just been me and two Joshes. We'll see how I fuck this up, but I'm going to try to refer to you as Review Dude Josh and Brother Josh. So we'll see if I can maintain that. Give me a ding every time I fuck it up. We're here this time, guys, to discuss a 1993 movie called Dennis the Menace, which is a movie that I have so much nostalgia for that all came surging back to me as I watched this movie. A lot of weird memories in my life connected to this. A lot of small things that I'm going to talk about and I can't wait to talk about. But, you know, thinking back to this movie and thinking back to this time, I really do remember, like, the cartoon being one of the basises for this movie. There was an 80s cartoon that ran from 86 to 88 called Dennis the Menace which I think this movie is pretty much a direct adaptation of. Now, I know there's a lot of Dennis the Menace stuff out there. It's been around for ages. There was like an old 50s and 60s show. There was older movies. I know it's not a new concept, but I I say that it was a direct adaptation of the cartoon because you can look at the parents in the movie and the parents in the 80s cartoon, and they're an exact one-to-one. Really? The kid himself looks a little different. Margaret is also a one-for-one cartoon to movie. You're right, Josh. They bring in the friends from the cartoon as well. So I take it, Josh, that you watched this cartoon back in the day? I remember the cartoon with very vague memories, but I also am pretty familiar with like the comic strip. I always liked looking at the funnies growing up. We didn't have much in the early internet days, Kylo. We had to look at the funnies with the paper. <laughs> you had to look at a piece of paper where someone drew something. <laughs> what a fucking pathetic thing. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like when I was I remember like a wee child, like really looking forward to the funnies. They were cool. Foxtrot. They actually were fucking cool. Like the Sunday paper was legit. Yep. All the color ones. That was a fat boy with tons of comics. Garfield was in there. I was reading the Phantom. You were reading the fan with pre Billy Zane, I take it. I think pre and pro. You know that era, like that '90s era, 
when I was a kid, probably like early 90s, but even to some degree late 80s, which I know Brother Josh also probably remembers a little bit, there was a lot of cartoons that I watched that were like this Dennis the Menace cartoon. They were like completely shittily animated, but had a fucking banger of a theme song. And, and I kind of want to talk about some of these random cartoons. I know on this podcast, we've talked about like childhood cartoons before. Wait, we have? Brother Josh, you were on the Flintstones episode. And we talked about like all the big ones, like Batman, the animated series and the X-Men animated series and TMNT, right? The, those were like big name, hardcore cartoons that like lasted a really long time. But I've been thinking since like I rewatched one of these old Dennis the Menace cartoons, I've been thinking about like, what are some other like shittier ones that like may either have like a cool theme song or just kind of like are somewhere buried in the recesses of my mind? You guys know I like to like pluck this stuff out and talk about it. Brother Josh, what are some that like you remember kind of of that vein? Oh man. What a great era we grew up in for cartoons and Saturday mornings. Do you guys just like remember Saturday mornings? It was like your parents were cool with it. You could just watch cartoons all morning, and it was like, yeah, that's what kids should be doing on Saturday mornings for some reason. What's up with that? Was that a thing? With like a big ass bowl of cereal too. Many bowls. Like I felt like I could have like three (laughs) servings of cereal if it was Saturday. Now it's like, oh, their screen time is too high. Oh, the sound is hurting their ears. I don't know. We grew up in a weird era where it's like, yeah, Saturday mornings, you watch cartoons. I'm sure you guys remember the Garfield and Friends cartoon from back in the day. Banger of a theme song. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Garfield and Friends. We're We're ready ready to party. Hope you bring lots of spaghetti. Come on in, come to the place where fun never ends. Come on in, it's time to party with Garfield and friends. Dancing, fiesta, romancing, siesta, samba, la bamba, ay caramba, disguises, disguises, surprises, surprises, and pies up, and pies up, all sizes. Come on in, come to the place where fun never ends. Garfield and friends. Just like screw Garfield. I want to shout out to the US Acres, the farm animals side of that. No one cartoon. like that. Get out. <laughs> Just a quick shout out to the egg. There's a lot of good stuff there. But wait, wait, before you go on. Yeah. Something that always fascinated me about the Garfield and Friends cartoon about the farm animals was that there yes. was a duck guy, right? You remember the duck? Yeah. The duck wore like a floaty device all the mm-hmm. time that had a little duck head and the little duck head always made the same expression as the regular duck. He's like a little smart ass version of the regular duck. <laughs> Wade duck. <laughs> I always found that funny for some reason, but go on. The actual thing I want to point out here, it's has to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I know I've talked about that before, but I want to get a little bit... Have? I want to zoom in a little bit. Is that okay, Kylo? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's one particular episode where four other 
reptiles who are mutants and also teenagers enter the scene. They're from the Okefenokee Swamp in Florida, in the Everglades. They're teenage mutant ninja frogs. They're the punk frogs. Oh, yeah. More overgrown frogs? So this is my army of mutants? The mutagen should have given you the ability to speak. Who are you? My name is Shredder, and I love all living things. Gee, you sound like a nice person. (laughs) Oh, I am. And if you come with me, I'll show you wonders you've never dreamed of. Sounds good to us. Splendid. Hold still. This won't hurt a bit. Oh, boy. Clothes. He's telling the truth. He is a nice person. Now come. We have a great battle to fight against the evil mutant turtles. One of them has, like, a ball and chain. One of them has arrows. They're named after Shredder's heroes. So it's literally like Rasputin and like Genghis Khan frog. It's <laughs> like awesome. Like Stalin or something like would be one of them. Basically, it's like Hitler frog. <laughs> Hitler frog. <laughs> that one went probably too far. <laughs> he specializes in speeches. Good so one. anyway, uh, just check out if not that episode, maybe just like Google some of the frog names and give yourself a good laugh. Look up that episode. It's pretty funny. What a great answer. You know, I, I totally forgot about that, but I really like that aspect of kids shows or like movies or comic books when there was like your main group of heroes. And then they have like this enemy that's like the same as them, but like a bizarro version. Right. Yeah. So guess, just guess what happens then in that episode. Just guess based on that. Like, what do you mean? Like the the ending? Yeah, the overall arc. Guess what happens with the frogs? They turn good? Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) They learn to be friends. They're like, oh, we're not so different. (laughs) I love it. It's like World War II with Stalin and stuff. It's the Christmas truce. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the same war. Sorry. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So talking about retro cartoons, I'm going to go up next. There are so many 80s cartoons that I forgot that I watched that I dug up that have like really cool theme songs, but are generally just like really shitty, mainly because they like look so bad. And I'm not talking about like the Transformers. I'm talking about shit like Inspector Gadget. Oh, yeah, that's Dude, a Dude, that's one that I had written down, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked one so mainstream. I'm going to move right past that one, Josh, because you okay. might have more to say about it. That's probably like better quality than what I intended to talk about, which is more like, Josh, I hope you remember this for the love of God. Noozles. <laughs> No, no noozles. It's fucking koala bears. It's very horribly drawn koala bears. I don't remember the plot at all. They're magic. They have a human friend. (laughs) They're magic. 
Wait, do they live outside of the window or something? It's, yes, it's something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Core memory unlocked. Noozles. I'm googling this now. <laughs> nice, dude. There's another one that I've talked about recently called Little Bits, which is like little tiny people. They're like an inch tall, I think. It looks like the animation looks like those old Lord of the Rings movies, like really crappy and like weird. It's like off-putting, right? Oh, like Bashki films? I should say the Hobbit movies to be more accurate. Like it's similar Ugh. to that. Like where they're ugly and you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But another one that I watched that was an 80s show technically, but I watched in the 90s that has a banger of a theme song was Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. Josh, tell me you got into Alvin and the Chipmunks back in the day. Obviously. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Oh, yes. Yeah. Brother Josh, you got into that too? Yeah, but honestly, Noozles is the winner here, man. Like this koala <laughs> sitting on the, the window ledge, waiting for them to open up and talk to him. <laughs> that is insane. I would have never thought of that again in my entire life. Thank you, Kylo. Dude, me too. Like I had to like really re- reach back to dig that up. I love <laughs> digging up old memories like that, and it's like I, it's weird because I vaguely remember like the room I was in when I was watching it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? I want to show my mom this to see if she remembers me watching it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, dude. That's like where I was going as well. I want to be like, mom, do you remember me watching this? She'll be like, what the hell is that shit? It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I got a couple other. I I know I'm going on for a long time, but I have a couple 90s ones, specifically 90s. Like those ones were all 80s that I talked about, and they got banger theme songs, of course. There's a 90s show that no one on earth remembers called Bots Master. Oh, yeah. I don't know this. Well, it's basically like a kind of a Transformers GoBots ripoff, except they don't really transform, but it's like a it's like a super cool kid with all his robot friends and like the intro theme song is like so like urban hip hop. <laughs> I'm assuming it just got done playing right there. What a banger song. (laughs) And one of my all-time favorite cartoons from childhood, 
is a show called Mighty Max. Oh, I remember loosely that show. I think that show existed solely to sell toys, as did many shows at that time. And I'll tell you guys this, as a guy that collects, I like to tell people I collect vintage toys, but people that I know personally, I tell them I collect toys from my childhood, so it doesn't sound so stupid um, when I tell people, oh, it's a vintage toy. They're like, oh, okay. Like, I can accept that. If I was like, oh, I collect X-Men figures, they'd be like, get the fuck out of my living room, you weirdo. (laughs) But Mighty Max toys that have been unopened, you know, they're basically like Polly Pockets for boys, right? Yeah. Those are some of the hardest to find 90s toys in existence. Really? So I am constantly searching for unopened, specifically unopened, still in the packaging, Mighty Max box sets. The ones that are the size of your palm, not the little tiny ones. Those ones are lame. Then we can flip it and make some cheddar. On one of these days, I'll be at a yard sale and I'm going to find one and I will be so happy. <laughs> Somebody won't know what they have. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fine, right? They don't care. <laughs> I'm going to toss it over to the review dude. Josh, tell me about some cartoons you liked, man. We talked a, a little bit about some Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Like, the cartoon's terrible. The only reason I remember constantly re-watching it is because I was so enthralled by Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw's so fucking awesome. Dude, Dr. Claw had the coolest voice. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dr. Claus in the house. God damn it. <laughs> Dr. Claw, what are you doing to that cat? I know, right? <laughs> Put it down, Claw. I've been holding that one in my back pocket for years. <laughs> Not very often we get to talk about Dr. Claw. I'll say this about Inspector Gadget, review dude Josh. <laughs> he just made Dr. Claw cuss. <laughs> this needs to happen more. <laughs> I need some bitches. I'll say this about Inspector Gadget, though. I loved his helicopter gadget technique thing. You know, he had a bunch of gadgets. That was his whole shtick. Yeah. He could do, like, go-go gadget this, that. The one that I thought was fucking so cool was the helicopter. Yes. It came out of his head, and he could fly. The problem (laughs) was he didn't use it that often. He always seemed to prefer making his coat inflate and fly that way, which I hated. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. God damn it. This show, yeah, the cartoon's not very good. No, it's not very good. <laughs> I will say it's better than the Matthew Broderick film, though. Yes, and <laughs> which is better than the French Stewart film. Oh, god damn. Yeah, that's, that's I a- feel like that Inspector Gadget hat with the helicopter is basically how Vic Morrow died, though. You can't have too much of that. They don't do that. You can't do that now. You can't do that now. That, that's been canceled. They could never do that today. Yeah. Yeah. Another cartoon I like remember watching, but I don't exactly remember why was like Muppet Babies or whatever the fuck that show was. <laughs> Another banger intro music song. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> Just close your eyes and think the heat, and you can be anywhere. I like adventure. 
I probably talked about this before, but I just absolutely fucking hate Jabberjaw, and that show used to be on all the time for some reason. I could never turn it off. I don't know. Jabberjaw. That was like a 70s cartoon, right? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It was old as fuck. It looked like shit. <laughs> I remember it being like the same style of animation as like Super Friends. And oh, yeah. Super Friends was like always a disappointment to me because I really loved the idea of all these DC superheroes like fighting crime, but it was always like so watered down. It was yes. never quite like Batman the Animated Series, you know? And they always had to make the Wonder Twins relevant. <laughs> like, stop trying to make the Wonder Twins relevant. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares about the fucking Wonder Twins, okay? Is Jabberjaw in the Marvel Universe? Oh my god, is he? It it looks like the same guy that you can move to any spot and snap. And <laughs> oh, this shark? That's Jeff. It's Jeff. Jeff. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, the Marvel Snap references have crossed over to Big Dumb Movie. Amazing. <laughs> you started it, man. <laughs> Review dude, do you have any others? One 90s cartoon I had just completely blocked out of my mind until like two days ago when somebody brought it up. Fucking Kablam. Do you guys ever... Oh. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hold on tight. Take a deep breath for a new kind of cartoon show. Yeah, the action heroes. Like yes, the little, yes Actually, live action. We were talking about uh, melt men with the power to melt. Melt. <laughs> yes, that was like early day robot chicken. It was. There's that particular segment was called Action League Now. Action League Now. I'm, we couldn't think of it the other day. Oh, shit, dude. I was looking online to buy a Snick t-shirt the other day. The Snick lineup is a very special thing to me. I still remember the Snick commercials. Hey, Mac, hey, Mac, Kablam Rats, woo. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Hey Mac, hey Mac, Blam Rats Woo! What'd they say? They said, Hey Mac, Hey Mac, Blam Rats Woo! We didn't say we sang it! Whatever. It means every night at 8, your favorite Nick shows are all brand new. Brand new Hey Arnold Monday. Hey! Totally new Alex Mac Tuesday. Back. Another new Hey Arnold Wednesday. Hey. More new Alex Mac Thursday. Back. Completely new Kablam on Friday. Spank a new Rugrats Saturday. Rats. Yep. And Sunday, brand new Shelby. Woo-hoo. In other words, Hey Mac, Hey Mac, Blam Rats Woo! Every night at eight, new episodes for you. It was like, hey Arnold, Alex Mack, hey Arnold, Alex Mack, Kablam, Rugrats, Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, which was last because no one liked it. <laughs> yeah, I was out by that point too. She never wound up in the Rumbleverse. I want to say one quick thing about Noozles, Josh. Brother yes. Josh, that is. Please. Noozles was developed by Haim Saban, who is the same guy that developed Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I don't know how that's supposed to make me feel. Is the <laughs> aesthetic somehow the same? Can you feel that? 
You know, I don't know. I don't think so. But it's just, it's to me, it's like, huh. okay, this guy has been in my life for a long time. Shout out to Haim Sabam. Can I run something by you that's very, I think, on brand? It's definitely like post opening question, but pre movie review, if that's okay. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so all that is like pretty big for us. We're talking about Snick. A lot of Nickelodeon stuff happening here. <laughs> Have you heard this thing that Keenan has like ordered like a beat up hit on some other celebrity that like slept with his wife? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I did not hear about this. Is this real or is this a, a, a fucking SNL sketch? No, <laughs> dude. Someone was just telling me that Keenan Thompson ordered like his boys to like beat up. Oh, uh, gosh, man. Amanda Bynes? <laughs> I was going to say, what's the... Uh, Lori... Uh... Lori Beth Denberg? Yes! <laughs> Let's just move on. I can't... I'm doing a quick Google search, and I can't find anything to corroborate this story, so I don't want to get big dumb movie sued. <laughs> this is pure speculation and or jokes. Allegedly. <laughs> All that was also... A big part of my childhood. We'll talk about that in a few months, though. Let's get into Dennis the Menace, which is a 90s movie. And it is a particular type of 90s movie. Of course, John Hughes' name is on this. He had one stick in the 90s, and I think we see it here. <laughs> you know, he had one thing going for him in the 80s, which he... I don't want to say he ran into the ground because he made a lot of banger movies, wrote a lot of banger movies, I should say. In the 90s, he wrote a good amount of movies too, and this is one of them, although it was directed by The Shape himself, Nick Castle. Right, review dude? Yeah, I fucking, I knew I recognized that name from somewhere. I only looked at the director credits on IMDb. I was like, oh, uh, but now that you say, oh, yes. Oh my God, how did he wind up directing this? He directed a lot of stuff like this. I mean, he directed a lot of stuff not like this as well. But let me give you an example. He also directed Major Pain. Classic 90s kids movie, right? I saw that. But review dude Josh, maybe you can tell us about how Dennis the Menace opens up. Okay, so we open the movie with Dennis the Phantom Menace. (laughs) Just <laughs> riding through the neighborhood, clanking the fuck around, making as much goddamn obnoxious noise that he can. And then we're introduced to our, our hero main character, Mr. Wilson. Our hero, Mr. Wilson? <laughs> yes. Uh, who's so traumatized by this brat. He starts rushing through his routine, trying to fucking pretend he's asleep. But it doesn't help. Because Dennis is a fucking little demon. Mr. Wilson perceives Dennis to be like a demon, right? But I think we learned throughout this movie that Dennis is not exactly like problem child level bad. He's just, you know, a little goofball that is kind of a klutz. He just doesn't know any better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he's kind of endearing in that way. But yeah, I I like that in the beginning scene, like when Dennis is coming, it's like, oh Lord, he coming. And like all the wildlife (laughs) 
runs in terror. <laughs> yes! It's like an apex predator coming into the field. It's like he's a ring wraith. <laughs> yeah, he's a ring wraith. Like all the little animals scurry away like a seer. <laughs> I love this opening scene, and it might be one of the strongest points of the whole movie. It's like a three-act little play, and like Review Dude said, Dennis won't be stopped by a locked door. He'll go in a different door, and if something's only half open, he'll push it the rest of the way open. And if Mr. Wilson is pretending he's asleep, he's going to pry that poor goddamn man's eyes open with, like, a stick. (laughs) Put a flashlight in it to make sure he's still alive. Because the poor kid just doesn't know what's going on in life. Mr. Wilson, it's his own fault for putting up with this much abuse while he's pretending to be asleep. (laughs) Yeah, at a certain point, you got to stop faking it. You You got to be like, all right, kid. Get up. You can't come over while I'm asleep and start, like, picking my nose with your flashlight. <laughs> the moment the flashlight is in my fucking eye, I'm, like, you can't pretend to be asleep anymore. No human being is still asleep after that. You know, Dennis is pretty brave. I feel like Mr. Wilson's the kind of guy that's, like, fought in some wars. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, like, come at this guy while he's asleep. <laughs> we can't get out of this section, though, Kylo without talking about how it culminates with him slingshotting an aspirin straight down Mr. Wilson's throat. That's really funny. That's funny for adults, teenagers, kids, everybody. Babies. You know, I was kind of hoping, Josh, you watched this with your kids. Please tell me you did. (laughs) So, movies like this, I typically have like a certain time carved out because I'm going to like watch it, concentrate, take a few notes, think about it, do the pod. And I went out on my hammock today and I pressed play. And then my middle daughter, like as soon as I pressed play, started tugging on the hammock, trying to get on. And at first I was like, I'm Mr. Wilson. I wanted to scram. (laughs) Then I was like, I was like, all right, get up here. We'll split. We'll split the headphones. So I gave her like the left channel and I took the right. I press play. Right when I press play, the oldest girl like starts rubbing on like the hammock, like wiggling it. Like, hey, I want to watch. What, about what are you me? guys doing? Yeah. So she hops on. It sinks closer to the ground. Feeling like Mr. Wilson because both my arms are starting to get deadened. And it's literally <laughs> as soon as I press play again, the youngest, Adrian, she's five. Hey, I want to play. And she doesn't even say anything. She just like hops, jumps up. <laughs> so I headphones were out of the game. Both my arms, no circulation. But yes, we all watch this opening scene at least together. And we'll definitely finish the movie later, Kyla. (laughs) That's so amazing. I think this movie is really great for kids that age when it's not being surprisingly inappropriate. There were things that happened in this movie that I thought were only in the movie Problem Child. And I'll talk about that later. But I, I think Josh brother josh that is might know what i'm talking about more on that to come as he said dennis he fires a slingshot aspirin right into mr wilson's throat causes the poor man to choke he nearly dies you know (laughs) after his failed murder attempt he just returns home (laughs) these are 
early '90s aspirins, so they're like the size of a quarter. Yeah, it's the size of a golf ball. These aren't your newfangled ibuprofens. <laughs> This is that, like, fucking, you can't swallow dry pill. Like, this is <laughs> no <Yeah>. chance. <laughs> it's either water or slingshot. Those are the two vehicles. You know, I think it's a pretty good setup. Mr. Wilson does not like Dennis, and we find out why. It's because Dennis is just kind of a little pest. It's like he takes it one degree beyond being a standard pest. He's a very hands-on pest, right, Brother Josh? Like, he doesn't hesitate. Like, he thinks that Mr. Wilson feels hot. And the only reason he knows Mr. Wilson feels hot is because how close he's dared to get to his brow. Yeah. He's literally an inch from this poor old man's face who's desperately trying to, like, hold on to this ploy that he's asleep. So he's like, he's too hot. So, like, he's heard his parents say at some point, oh, if you're too hot, take an aspirin. So he's willing to do, like like you're saying, he's willing to do anything to get this aspirin inside <laughs> Mr. Wilson's body. By any means Once- necessary, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what you mean by hands-on? Like Absolutely. If, if something cool. in his mind needs to happen, he's like, I... I have to take control of the situation and do it myself, which is kind of <laughs> admirable, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a skill set that comes in handy in very particular situations, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like he's very employable later on in life. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. I meant more of like when there's like a, a hammy villain that's trying to like kidnap you. <laughs> God damn, can we just bring up how fucking creepy Christopher Lloyd looks in this movie? He looks horrifying. Yeah, we can. You know, I I wanted to toss to uh, Brother Josh actually to intro the villain because we see him not too long later. We'll go. We can go slightly out of order. It's totally fine. But we we get the introduction of what is very clearly the villain of the movie. It's not Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Wilson's an old grump who's going to have a character arc, right? No, he's the main protagonist. The villain is a true villain. If you're tossing to me, this is apt because I live in Goshen, Indiana, Elkhart, Indiana. It's the crossroads of America, and part of that isn't just roads. Part of that is trains. So every once in a while in the 90s, there'd be these rumors of, like, a serial killer who's, like, riding the trains. And we're like, fuck, there's, like, five crossings with, like, three trains each right two miles from our house. (laughs) So, like, trains are a big part of my life always. And so, like, this movie always hit home, Kylo, because this potentially murderer, robber, serial killer, I don't know what he is. He's, like... He's vague, nondescript bad guy who does general bad guy things. Why are you taking Walter? Man's a diddler. What's the worst thing he's done, boys? Name the crime. The worst <laughs> crime. Morally oh, worst. Yeah. He, he Not only did he diddle that kid, he buried him. <laughs> well, uh, Jesus. <laughs> he broke the laws of the fashion police, that's for sure. <laughs> you know? He shows up wearing a goddamn Cosby sweater with a leather vest on top of it. He has all the train grease on his face, too. His hair is... 
He's like balding unabashedly with just this long, scraggly hair. <laughs> Those teeth look crazy good. <laughs> they look like absolutely shit. This man's name is Switchblade Sam, which is perfect and amazing. You know, this guy shows up and it's just everything about him works for me. I love this villain so much. The first thing he does is he steals a doll from a kid when they're not looking. He steals a doll of a baby. Because fuck you. <laughs> because fuck you. Just to be a dick. <laughs> this is Dennis the Menace for like five years old. Five year olds. And this villain is. I love it. <laughs> this villain right out of like Cape Fear or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's smoking cigarettes. You know, he steps on flowers. He has an amazing theme song. And he walks with like this stride where he's like, it's like a light dance. Like he, he's the most confident man you've ever seen that looks like an absolute slime ball. He's got a little bit of pep in his step and he steals an apple from a four-year-old. Has no problem giving the cops some sass after being caught to just staring at kids <laughs> creepily on the playground. I'm telling you, he's a goddamn diddler. <laughs> Even the apple is like an early 90s reference because that apple is a golden delicious and those are like the worst apples on the market now. Yes. 25 years later. Like they are shit apples. You got to go Honeycrisp, maybe Gala, but Red Delicious. Is <laughs> I'm more of a green apple man myself. Granny Smith is still a favorite of mine, but when's the last time you guys have had a Red Delicious apple? They are bad. Oh, they're disgusting. That's the best we had in the 90s, boys. <laughs> you only had apples, green and red. <laughs> we had two types of apples, green and red, and aspirin the size of a hockey puck. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few things that happen in this movie. You know, we get to meet Dennis's little friends. They don't have a whole lot to do in this movie, but, you know, there's a hide-and-seek game. Mr. Wilson... Rightfully so, points out that Dennis is cheating. Right, yeah, he's not hes not going to allow that kind of thing, right? Mr. Wilson just trying to even the playing field. Exactly. <laughs> I, I want to say, too, like, Dennis in the very beginning scene and his little friend that's helping him cheat at hide-and-seek, they have, like, a little, like, grubby kid vibe, and it's because they're not, like, wearing shirts. Like, if you notice Dennis in his intro scene, he's wearing his overalls with no shirt. Which oh, kind of reminds me of like me and my brothers when I was a kid. Like the bare minimum amount of clothes you could wear to like go out and play, <laughs> right? Like shorts, sandals, no shirt, and that's it. Like <laughs> the bare minimum requirements. We would all be playing in our underwear if we were allowed to do it. <laughs> you know, like just throw on some swim trunks and some flip flops and go outside. Uh, Kylo, I know that like Dennis's friends don't have much to do, but there are two super notable parts in these early scenes here. One is that Margaret, who's like kind of like Dennis the Menace's like real villain in a lot of these tales, she's straight up committing like a sexual assault thing on his buddy. Oh like, yeah, she's 
forcing him to kiss her under threat of like violence and like power maneuvers. <laughs> it's messed up. You know what I'm talking about? She got canceled before she even hit 18. Yeah, she's an evil little little uh conniving cunt. Do it. I can make you. How? I'll flood you back. You can't hit a girl. I can too. Try it. I'll scream so awfully bloody, deadly, horrible, my mom will think you tried to murder me. And I'll tell her you did, and she'll believe it. Because boys are like that, and girls aren't. That really stinks. Quit wasting time. Mush your lips together, and let's get this over with. Close your eyes. It's really messed up. She's like setting him up like, okay, you're going to kiss me. Close your eyes and do it or else, motherfucker. And he closes (laughs) his eyes. You know, he doesn't want to do it. He puckers his lips. And she sticks the ass of her little doll in his face. Which, you know, dumb little kid shit. But I kind of thought that was funny when I was young. (laughs) That was kind of funny. But the fact that like the earlier part, the logical part that they like talk about (laughs) is, is she's like, Kiss me. Pucker up. The psychological buildup. Yeah, it's messed up. It's psychological. She's like, hey, kiss me, bitch. And he's like, <laughs> I don't want to. And she's like, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to say you rape me. <laughs> and he's like, you can't punch me. I'll punch you. And she's like, yeah, but you're a man and everyone will believe me. <laughs> like, it's really messed up. <laughs> she's gone, girl. But anyway, about two minutes after that scene... Dennis is there and they're all hanging out and they're like, we're bored. There's nothing to do. And she's like, we could write a play. We could make a musical. We could dance in the woods. And that same kid who had just been bent over the barrel looks at her and goes, or we could bury you alive. (laughs) I think that might be like one of the things I picked up from this movie and like, adapted into my regular life as a small child like saying that line <laughs> mostly things like this from movies like it wasn't so much lines of dialogue that i would take in my life although that was one of them it was like looks that dennis gives like certain looks that he would give i would copy that shit i've said <laughs> this before my whole childhood my personality was just based on movies like i just like took my favorite parts of characters from movies and that was me because like I don't know. I just didn't know what to do. I did the same thing, so. Certain things Dennis does, certain lines they say, definitely me as a kid. I bet you were a better actor than him, though. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I didn't hate Dennis in this movie. No, well. I couldn't understand hardly anything some of these child actors were saying because they're so, like, so young and they don't have all of their teeth. And... (laughs) In the 90s, we thought he sucked, but everyone was going to, up against Macaulay Culkin in the 90s, and that's not fair to anybody. True. 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 Yeah, Dennis is played by a kid named Mason Gamble, who had done a bunch of other small stuff, but I think he was really mostly known for this. Interestingly, Josh, and I didn't notice this at the time, he was in 
a movie that we did on spoilers pretty recently called Gattaca. Yes, and he, honestly, for this little boy, Dennis, he really has the look. I think he did a passable job. Like, he is so young in this. He says he's five. I, I think he's probably more like eight-ish, yeah. probably, during this movie. But he's also in Rushmore, Wes Anderson movie. Okay. Which is pretty cool, too. He's in some stuff, which you love to see, you know? Absolutely. Did you shoot an aspirin into Mr. Wilson's mouth? Oh, oh, I want him oh. to bite off my fingers with his big fake teeth. Those things are sharp. George said Dennis shot an aspirin in his mouth with a slingshot. What slingshot? Do you have a slingshot? I'm not sure. Give it to me. Mr. Wilson is very angry with you. I thought he was sick. I was only trying to help. You go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. For how long? Until you're sorry. Oh, good. I'm sorry now. He can't sit in the corner. I have to take him to Margaret Wade's house. Ah! Margaret's house? I'm glad I think bad enough to deserve to go to her house. She's a lunatic. I'll go crazy. She tortures me. She's mean. She's ugly. She doesn't share. There's like so much nostalgia that came swelling up when I watched this movie that it's one of those things where it's a little bit hard for me to criticize some aspects of it, like the kids acting. I think he was all right for the most part, really. And uh, I have kind of developed a little bit of a soft spot in my old age where like I feel it's kind of mean to make fun of kid actors now. I know that's very different from early Big Dumb Movie episodes when I was like, <laughs> fuck you, little dipshit, to every kid actor. <laughs> fuck you, you little dipshit. No, and I feel bad about that little jab I made earlier. But honestly, I think that was like, I think expectations back then were a little bit too high. He does he does a pretty dang good job in this movie. He's not like distracting with bad acting or anything. I'll say the... The kid actor with the cross eyes was pretty good. Fucking A. That kid was young. Now, that kid was like five. Yeah. Apparently, when yeah. Christopher Lloyd stole that kid's apple with the switchblade, that, like, actually scared the shit out of that kid. And, like, he didn't want to talk to Christopher Lloyd at all. Like, he was afraid of him, which kind of makes sense. And it shows. I mean, Christopher Lloyd in this movie as Switchblade Sam looks fucking scary, especially for a little <laughs> kid. But, like... Even, like, for me, if I saw that dude on the street, I'd be like, I am, I'm not fucking talking to this dude. If this dude comes at me and asks for a dollar, I'm going to run. <laughs> yeah, like, he looks like pre-burned Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has similar interests, probably. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about this movie that I will criticize is a complete waste of Ben Stein, because... Dennis's mom, who is Mrs. Mitchell, is like in a business meeting. You know, she just got a job and she's like already some high up executive, whatever. She's in this meeting and like everyone hates her because she's a mom. Nobody else in that room has a family. Which is already weird, but fine. But Ben Stein is at the head of the table and he literally says nothing. I agree. Like, it took me a minute to like realize Ben Stein was in the back of this boardroom. But it doesn't matter because he doesn't say anything. Didn't notice. Literally. Wasted, man. Weird. How do you get Ben Stein and not give him one line? Not one? His voice is the best part of him. Agreed. For dry eyes. (laughs) 
replace the visine with gasoline for Mr. Wilson's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess apparently nobody in that boardroom has families. Because what she's saying makes sense from a business kind of standpoint, you know? Just... Josh, review dude. It's not that they don't have families. These guys fucking hate families. <laughs> these people's in these boardrooms. You give the toy store six months free rent to move up to the third level. See, when I go to the mall with my little boy, we can't get out unless we visit the toy store. I mean, he knows he's not going to get anything unless it's a special occasion or something like that. But like every other little kid, he just wants to go in, look around. Could you spare us the family anecdotes, please? Kylo, is this one of like the major themes of this movie? I feel like it's like this question, is it okay for moms to work? I honestly think that might be like a thesis statement for the movie. It's in there, right? It's, I think it's below the surface, Josh, but it, it absolutely is in there. I see it now that you mention it, yeah. And the answer is no, because look at all the shit that happens. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so many so many things could have been avoided. <laughs> Mr. Wilson would have gotten his moment with his flower. Forty years down the drain, my friend. Oh my god. Yeah, Mr. Wilson is a florist. He has a special flower called a Night blooming mock orchid, which is a flower that you plant, and then 40 years later, it will bloom in the moonlight for two seconds and then immediately wilt. Right? So that's that's really the thing that's exciting in his life right now. Like he's looking forward to presenting this flower to like all the old fogies in the neighborhood. The moment he brings that up, uh, first thought, like, all right, how is Dennis fucking this up? Yeah. <laughs> Josh was review dude was this your first time watching this movie I, I had seen it like really really like early on when I was a child and I remembered very very little Christopher Lloyd was the only thing I kind of sort of remembered and it's because he's so fucking horrifying looking like that will give a child trauma <laughs> he's captivating and he's a great actor. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast and sung his praises many times before. We really went in deep on him during the Camp Nowhere podcast. But really, just what a great actor, and especially for our generation. Like, I think we all grew up with some little bit of Christopher Lloyd in our lives, whether it be like Back to the Future or Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or even Taxi, if you were a Nick at Night kid like me. Hmm. But never did we see him as greasy as we do here he's never been greasier this is like it's a joy <laughs> he bathed in the grease oh this is like pappy i know you haven't met him review dude josh but pappy's basically this greasy just kidding Pappy. <laughs> well pappy does often say that shaking his hand you feel like you just washed your hands in the papa john's garlic sauce <laughs> <laughs> i hate to even say that out loud pappy I know. love you buddy <laughs> Without him it's here, it's not the same, you know? <laughs> yeah. You merely weird. adopted the grease. I was born in it, molded <laughs> by it. So, Brother Josh, you know, Dennis is a kid that gets up to some shenanigans, and we can talk about some of those. One of the early on ones, after the uh, aspirin incident, 
is in the garage, right? He's fucking around with some paint and a construction vacuum. Yeah, it's another so, highlight of the movie, right? Uh, well, I was just going to make a quick point. This is why I didn't have a whole lot of notes by the end of the movie. Is because like a lot of screen time is dedicated to setting up these hijinks, these like Rube Goldberg punchlines. <laughs> Dude, this is what kids wanted in the 90s. <laughs> this is seriously. And it wasn't Home Alone exactly that set this up. Because I realized very recently, Problem Child came out before Home Alone. Is that a mind blower? What the fuck? Uh. And check this out. My friend is Problem Child. He was the Problem Child in Problem Child. His name's Michael Oliver. He auditioned for Home Alone, and he auditioned for this movie, Dennis the Menace. Weird. Weird. Think we'll ever get to talk to him on here? Oh, absolutely. One day, it's going to happen. Please. That'd be awesome. But Brother Josh, you were telling us about Dennis's hijinks uh, with the paint. I hate to skinny out on this, but like Josh, review dude Josh's like explanation that's like a Rube Goldberg machine. I would love to hear him explain how the paint gets on the chicken <laughs> in Rude Goldberg's terms. Give us Domino A through Domino Z here. I love it. So I, I just remember looking up and seeing the paint spilled and him getting the vacuum and sucking it up. What, what went down? What transpired between these moments? Uh, that's pretty much the gist. He <laughs> <laughs> spills some paint. How does it end up in the chicken, though? Or uh, Mr. Wilson's food? I'll help you out. I'll help you out, review, dude. I was watching Thank you. super carefully. Uh, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe Dennis just innocuously spills paint on the ground. And he feels badly about this, right? So he's going to try to sweep it up. He's got to take care of it himself. He's a man of the people. He turns on the vacuum. He starts sucking it up in there. All's doing pretty well until something accidentally switches the vacuum from in suction to blowing out and all the paint inexplicably comes out in one like water balloon sized globule right Corey <laughs> yeah it has congealed within the machine <laughs> <laughs> And it goes up and up and up. And when Mr. Wilson briefly takes off the top of his flying saucer grill, like the top half, the meat is exposed, his back is turned, and the paint enters the scene. Basically, it puts a th like a quarter-inch layer of paint gravy on all of the chicken in the grill gets a nice little char to it just so happened at that moment mr wilson had his back turned yep and right when it lands he turns around and puts the grill top back on lets oh, it all classic mr wilson. lets it all cook and smoke on the charcoal for a couple hours see i think i can walk us through the 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 follow-up to this when mr wilson rightfully wants justice and decides to sneak out <laughs> well real quick before you do actually review dude this leads me to believe that it's not just Dennis being a menace. 
Like that's half of the equation. And the other half is that Mr. Wilson just has like horrible luck. Right? Like Dennis, there's no way like like what's the chances that this landed directly on his fucking chicken patty? Like that's <laughs> that that that's Wilson's fault for like, you know, taking the monkey paw all those years ago. <laughs> You're saying like the world of Dennis the Menace revolves around these these two entities of like Dennis does shenanigans and Mr. Wilson's bad luck sucks in these like shenanigans and he's this is a sci-fi movie now. Yes, they're both culpable. We don't know what voodoo Mr. Wilson got <laughs> into in his past. Dude, it's weird you mention that because I feel like Dennis is almost an avatar of like Mr. Wilson's wife's will. Oh, like she's tired of him. She willed him into existence. She doesn't want him sleeping in and being lazy all the time, and she can't do anything. She's just a woman <laughs> in the nineties. But this boy, <laughs> blonde-haired boy, can just stick like a flashlight in his ear. It's fine. And she can't say, stop eating so much red meat. You shouldn't be grilling out so much. But Dennis can send up like chicken grease and change their meal to healthier sandwiches. And like, also, Mrs. Wilson can't say, this 40-year orchid might be a waste of time, sir. He's only a boy, George. Gonna knot my rope once too often. I can't stand that kid. He's a menace. You better come in and have your breakfast. We're due at the garden club at nine. Today is an important day for me, and I'm already in a lather because of that kid. I don't know if I'm even going to be able to enjoy my moment of triumph. Now, now, don't get your hopes up. There are lots of other gardens in town, just as nice as yours. Please, I'm a shoo-in. Who else has a night-blooming mock orchid flowering this year? It's an awfully homely-looking plant, George. Hang the looks of the face. It opens before your eyes in the light of the full moon. It's a marvel, Martha. Forty years to mature and blossom. The flower opens and withers in a matter of moments. There isn't a gardener in town who has a plant that requires a 40-year investment for 10 seconds of splendor. And it is, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Literally, like the definition of a waste of time. Absolutely, man. My God, like it, the fact that it hurt him so much it means like he, he needs to get out more. <laughs> he looked like he saw like someone murdered before yes. him. <laughs> Walter Matthau was a good actor, so it was kind of horrifying when he missed the orchid like blooming i like hurt and my soul hurt looking <laughs> yes. at his face mr wilson looked forward to one thing for 40 years god damn it <laughs> dennis came along so they they even like they set it up where like oh dennis is gonna go stay with the wilsons and there's that whole setup of oh no the the flight is delayed so i guess dennis has to stay for the party mr wilson immediately re rejects that idea and i agree with him no <laughs> Dennis will fuck this up. <laughs> and sure enough, he does. And Mrs. Wilson says, it's just bad luck, man. It's no one's fault. And I'm like, everything that happens to this man is just bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sakes, he gets hit in the asshole with a golf ball, and Dennis is nowhere to be found. This has nothing to do with Dennis. 
<laughs> he tries to. He can't even apologize to his wife without kissing the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's something in this movie. I told you guys, like, I adopted certain like phrases and mannerisms. One of them actually comes from Mr. Wilson, and it still applies to my life to this day. If someone is eating and they say, "Tastes funny," I will reply with, "Tastes like paint." And wood. <laughs> no bullshit. What? That's been with me since 1993. <laughs> and how many people have gotten that over the years? One. <laughs> My friend in high school. Don't know him anymore, but we were friends for a while. He got it, and it blew my mind. Tastes funny. Tastes like paint and wood. I'll make us some sandwiches. Walter Matthau, when he's chewing on things that are grossing him out, or he's like, his brain is like misfiring and interpreting some new kind of pain, he really <laughs> shines in this movie. Like, it oh. really makes this movie worth watching, to be yes. honest. What a perfect casting for Mr. Wilson in 1993. Couldn't have picked a better person. Review do, Josh. You may or may not know this, but Leslie Nielsen was offered the role of Mr. Wilson, but he turned it down because he was doing a superior movie called Mr. Magoo. Surf Ninjas. Oh, no! Have you heard of it? Oh, I I haven't. What 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 surf? Get the ninjas? fuck out of here. Get off my podcast. <laughs> Have you ever listened to any episode of Big Dumb Movie? If if so, <laughs> you've heard of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> we got the obligatory surf ninjas reference out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, so Leslie Nielsen was gonna be in or uh was offered this role? I don't think Leslie Nielsen would have worked as well because Wilson kinda needs to be a straight man, right? Oh, absolutely. Is that why he felt the need to do Mr. Magoo? I have no idea, man, but Mr. <laughs> Magoo, very similar vibe to this movie, right? Right. But Review Dude Josh, you were kind of going to take us into the follow-up from the paint on the chicken scene about like what happens at night. We know Dennis now has a babysitter, right? He's got some teenage girl watching him. And this is kind of where I mixed this movie up with Problem Child a little bit in my mind. I was like, oh my god, I think I know what's going to happen here, and it's really not a PG thing. But it didn't happen. But I'll talk about that in a sec. Review Dude, why don't you take it over? Okay, so, like I said, Mr. Wilson rightfully wants justice. He's been wronged, and he will see that it is righted. (laughs) So he goes to sneak over next door. Uh, Just so happens around this time... Dennis, just being an absolute menace, sneaks out of his room for some reason and decides to ding-dong ditch the uh, the babysitters, right? Can, can I just say the the male dude that, like, comes over was so perfectly cast as, like, dipshit, like, high school guy. <laughs> he's, like, just constantly pushing his hair back when, he, when he's first introduced. Yeah, well, he's no stranger to John Hughes movies. That is, of course, Buzz from Home Alone. Oh, yes. 
that's where I fucking recognize his face from. And I'm, I think they imply that he's stoned. And were you guys picking up on that? Did they? I did not. What? Explain. He's reading a story to Dennis, right? And he, yeah. he slowly lowers the book and he looks off into the distance and says, what's the point, man? No, like, what's the point of reading lies? Like, what's the point <laughs> of reading lies, man? I just thought that was, like, typical, like, or a cliched bad boy kind of, like, I, I don't know, like a cliched type. I didn't pick up on that was innuendo that he was currently stoned. <laughs> That's good, though. I thought he was going through his, like, high school angst years, you know what I mean? Where he's just questioning everything. He might be easing into him, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Drugs are around the corner, kid. So, at at this point, because of the ding-dong ditching, the babysitters are wanting to, like, prank back a little bit. So the, the female babysitter runs upstairs. She's got this big bucket of water. The, the high school stoner guy has this bag of flour or something. And right around this time, Mr. Wilson is shenanigans in the garage. So he's like running to the fucking doorbell for some reason. And it leads to a moment where they dump water and throw flour all over Mr. Wilson the moment he answers the door or it rings the doorbell I mean and let's not forget that Dennis does put a thumbtack on the door on the doorbell no 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 Dennis doesn't put it there but his girlfriend puts it there Woof. oh you're right see I am mixing things up so I I have a really hard time making a distinction between all this and the movie Problem Child. Do you guys remember the babysitter scene in Problem Child? Not off the top of my head, no. It might actually be Problem Child 2, which is maybe why you guys don't remember it. So he has a babysitter come over. She brings her boyfriend over. They start, like, doing it on the couch. And what Problem Child does is he, like, films it and projects it onto the side of the house. And the whole neighborhood watches it. Oh, my God. And there were some things in this that I was like, wait, is that what happens in this fucking movie? No way. No goddamn way. Fortunately, it didn't go that route. This movie is obviously more toned down. That's like the ending of Mallrats. <laughs> that is the ending of Mallrats. <laughs> like a projection of this like bad sex scene in front of everyone underage. It's bad. Gonna do do you in a very uncomfortable place, like in the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> yeah. Switchblade Sam, you know he was watching. <laughs> Who's your favorite new kid? <laughs> Call me Joey. Uh... <laughs> Dude, Brett loves that line, Corey. It's so stupid. <laughs> Ben Affleck, one of his best roles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hi, Mrs. Wilson. Is Mr. Wilson up yet? Uh, not yet, dear. How long do you think he's going to sleep for? Well, not too much longer. He's having his picture taken this morning. For what? He's being honored for his garden. Do you think he will get mad if I went upstairs? What do you want to go upstairs for? Hi, ma'am. I'm sorry. I shot Peanut in a chicken car. 
Well, that's very nice, Dennis. I'm kind of busy today, so I won't have a chance to give it to him. I have to go to Margaret's house, because we're getting poor. My mom's got a job now. So could I just leave it up by his whisker cutter? That's why I leave all my dad's sorry cars. And it's a good time to say you're sorry. Grown guys are happy in the morning when they wake up. My dad's so happy, he whistles when he goes to the bathroom. The only time he isn't happy is on Sunday morning, when he and my mom wrestle. They kind of like to be alone when they do that. I think it's because they take off their shirts, and then they start to make funny noises. Uh, you can go up, as long as you promise not to disturb Mr. Wilson. I promise. Dennis the Menace ruins Mr. Wilson's picture day. He does, yeah. Like, that's, you know, his next, like, entry. <laughs> this is his next crime. It's his next crime. <laughs> if I was Mr. Wilson, I probably would have taken Dennis out back and shot him. It's, it's the best for the world. You would have old yeller Dennis? Yes. It's the best for everybody. <laughs> Including his parents. They just want to work. They just want to work, goddammit. <laughs> It's the point of life if you can't work. Did, did they like imply that she, the mom did not get a promotion because of her family, and that was somehow a good I, good thing? Oh, I guess I'm staying here. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but you're right about the teeth thing. Like you know the the photo day with Mr. Wilson. Like he's got this big event coming up that's going to be hosted at his home, so everyone can watch the blooming of the flower. Dennis goes over there. I think his intention is to apologize, right, Review Dude? He's got the apology note. And he can't help but fuck with shit. He's just constantly fucking with shit. Just drop the (laughs) note off and leave. No, he can't do that. He's got to fucking go through his goddamn medicine cabinet. Start playing with his goddamn dentures. But you know what? It's like you guys said. Dennis... He might fuck things up, but he tries to fix it. Right? I mean, he breaks the denture, sure. But he does his best to fix them. He does better than I would be able to. He tries to pour all the conditioner and all the shampoo into one tiny bottle and call it two-in-one and think that that'll be good for Mr. Wilson later on. Like... He can't half measure any bottle. If he's going to pour something he's or yeah, it's getting it has poured. To be all of it and it's going to end up on his face and all he around takes on the, the floor and walls. The toilet cleaner and puts it in the mouthwash because I guess it's the same color. Like kid, do you not realize chemicals under the cabinet are like not not to be used? He's like an adult who like pushes someone down accidentally and there's a witness so he like shoots the witness in the face because he doesn't (laughs) want to be caught for that with a slingshot (laughs) initial crime or something i don't know (laughs) no witness everything escalates with dennis it's because he's constantly fucking with shit (laughs) there would be no problems if he didn't fuck with shit and Dennis does start to stay at the Wilsons because the parents both have to travel uh, at the same time, 
which is unfortunate. You know, they try not to have him stay at the Wilsons. That's really their last resort, but that is what ends up happening. And some of the stuff we were talking about kind of bleeds over into this area of the movie. I was going to say, after a montage of babysitters rejecting him one after the other. Yeah, weird little montage. I think they really wanted to use that song. It just lets you know how many people Dennis has victimized. He has a reputation. There's like one guy in a fucking arm cast. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like that arm cast was from several years ago. Like, this guy has permanent damage. He's been in rehab for, like, 18 months. Dennis managed to shatter his arm in eight places, and it's, he's been in recovery. Sorry, sir. I thought your couch looked like it could have been better on the other side of the room. Nothing will heal the psychological damage, though. He is always messing with stuff. How about if I recite my favorite poem when I was your age? Is it about flowers and lambs? No. Okay. Winkin', blinkin', and nod one night, sailed off in a wooden shoe, sailed on a river of crystal light into a sea of dew. Where are you going, and what do you wish? The old moon asked the three. We have come to fish for the herring fish that live in this beautiful sea. Nets of silver and gold have we, said Winkin, Blinkin, and Nod. Winkin and Blinkin are two little eyes, and Nod is a little head. When Dennis is at the Wilsons, there's kind of a nice moment between Mrs. Wilson and Dennis. Because she she doesn't hate this kid, right? She's like, he's just a kid. He's he causes some problems, but he's a child, right? He's he's a very small child. In this movie, he's five years old, for Christ's sake. She puts him to bed and like reads a very nice poem to him. And it's kind of like a sweet moment, right? You can tell that she like she's not a mom, but she's a motherly figure, like inherently. And there's like this nice moment where the family is away. And it, it, it's very like Home Alone-ish, right? Like where the mom is like, she like looks at the sky and is like Kevin. And like Kevin like looks at the sky. They're trying to, I think, recapture this like Home Alone, like sweetness. Because I think Home Alone has that kind of like built into the background. There's like, there's like a little bit of sorrow and regret behind all the goofy shenanigans in Home Alone. The backdrop of Christmas also helps. It really does. Yeah, this is a summer movie, not quite the same. <laughs> and also the the music in Home Alone really helps because that's John Williams' music. And I think Goldsmith did this music, and he's no slouch himself, but John Williams is the fucking king. Yeah, it's hard to top that. There's some surprising depth to this, though. Because Mr. and Mrs. Wilson talk about their decision, or lack thereof, of having kids together. I did not expect the movie to get so deep. Yeah, and like how, you know, our little Dennis like kind of plays into that. And I don't think Mr. and Mrs. Wilson are like resentful or regretful even. But it's just like kind of a real life thing that it's a 
it's kind of a little reminder to them of like, huh, what could have been. Not that they don't like their lives as is, but I don't know. I, is there a little bit of good writing in here with that, Corey? Like, is it too heavy handed for you? No, I think it's pretty nice. You know, it's very similar to other John Hughes stuff in some ways. I talked about Home Alone, but I think it's a, it's much needed in this movie. It comes at like the right time in the movie. The only thing I'd say about it is that the movie immediately says, fuck that, Mr. Wilson doing the splits. <laughs> oh my God. That looks so good. How did they get that, that, that shot? It's like, did this guy used to be a disco dancer? You know? Walter Matthau? <laughs> yeah. It does look real. Oh, I thought you said he really was a disco dancer. <laughs> no, like it's like you think that for a brief moment because yeah, it looks pretty good. I think I understand how they did it with like you know the having him beneath the floor, but it looks pretty good when he slips and he does the splits. That's the kind of like South Park humor that we've grown up on and like fucking love though, right, man? Like it's this huge deep thing about how I don't know, like liberals and conservatives. If they don't come together, they're fucked. Or it's like some super deep thing about how like people's parenting skills can be used in a neighborly situation. But then all of a sudden there's like someone shits on someone else's face. Yeah. Or or like Randy's riding his balls, giant balls out of town. Like So I, you're saying we show Dennis the Menace to Congress. And we have world peace. This is an early slice of the millennial humor, I think. It was weaning us. It was, it was honing us in at an early age here. Right. It's, it's rusty, but it became perfected later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering how fucking horrifying Christopher Lloyd looks. So, you know, Walter Matthau, Mr. Wilson, slips, does the splits, you know, tears a groin. He does the old... Uh, Mouthwash, which is actually what pine saw, and then his nasal spray is actually the mouthwash. Completely poisonous. <laughs> well, you know, Dennis, he's just a kid. Like, how has Dennis not killed somebody at this point? <laughs> this, this is some serious, like, intricate serial killer shit. He mixed some household chemicals and poisoned his neighbors. And this leads us to Mr. Wilson's, like, garden party for the uh, flower-blooming event. And Dennis is there, and Mr. Wilson is very strict. He's like, you you gotta sit here, don't fucking move, and don't fuck anything up. And uh, the first thing Dennis does is fuck things up. (laughs) Well, previously, we have the setup about the, the safe behind the bookshelf. Once we get into the party, we can talk about the bookshelf, but yeah, yeah. Fuck shit up. I thought the bookshelf safe would be fine from the criminal mastermind that is Switchblade Sam because I thought he just wanted like inane objects like dolls. <laughs> they throw in an ADR line later that that doll was an antique because <laughs> I'm pretty sure people would have been like, why the fuck did he take this doll? Wh- the- I didn't even catch that ADR line. What? Yeah, when was that? Nobody robbed your doll, Margaret. 
Maybe a bear ate it. What? Yeah, there's no robbers in our town. They added that like later, like after, like a few minutes after the doll was taken. She's like, that doll was an antique. Like, okay. That doll was an oh. old piece of shit. Like, oh, whatever. I like the idea better that he just took it because fuck you. Like, you know? Because fuck you. It is like, I think that idea makes sense. And this sounds crude, but Christopher Lloyd's character likes taking things from people because fuck you. He likes to take a toddler's apple that he's about to take a bite out of. He likes to take a kid's doll. And for some reason, he just like knows Mr. Wilson's gold coins are like his favorite thing. Maybe it's not even about like the monetary value of the coins. It's literally just the biggest fuck you to Mr. Wilson. He's got. It's not that I want to have them. It's just that I don't want you to have them. <laughs> that in conjunction with Mr. Wilson's bad luck is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> he was just going to toss the coins in the river. <laughs> what do you think he could take from Dennis? His soul. Mr. Wilson. <laughs> take Mr. Wilson. His parents. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. He's going to turn him into Batman. <laughs> so, you know, Dennis ruins things at the party. First of all, there's a huge, like, ostentatious dessert table. This dessert table is insane. They must have prepared for days to get this thing set up. With a flick of a button, you know, Dennis opens the garage. It flips all that over. But that's really not, like, the his biggest crime that night. Why was he even opening the garage? I missed that. He just saw a button, and it had to be pushed. Oh, god damn it. Just stop fucking with shit, Dennis. <laughs> it's the same dessert table that gets knocked over in the movie Beethoven with the dog. <laughs> it's the same one that gets knocked over in The Sandlot. The Sandlot, yes. <laughs> If you've seen Billy Madison, a clown falls over and knocks over this very same dessert table. Hey, it's that geez. dessert table. This dessert table has a huge IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> it gets work, yo. <laughs> if a dessert table was needed in the 90s, this one got the call. <laughs> Brother Josh, maybe you can tell us about like Dennis's unforgivable crime that night at the event. So we mentioned it earlier because Walter Matthaus acting gets to such a pinnacle in this moment. But, you know, like Christopher Lloyd really does steal Mr. Wilson's most valuable possession. He finds his safe during this party when everyone's preoccupied. He breaks the code or whatever, and he gets in there, takes the gold coins. And Dennis finds out about it pretty quickly this kid is on his toes and I honestly feel like if people would have listened to him and started moving immediately when he shouted out to the crowd maybe they could have like run him down because he was like that quick but Dennis quick on his feet but not really caring too much about this plant or whatever yells out to Mr. Wilson buddy your house has been robbed and Mr. Wilson glances back to Dennis for two seconds. But those are the two seconds that this orchid opens up. 40 years down the drain. 
this orchid has like, yeah, two to five seconds of blooming time, and that's it. And I don't know, man, Mr. Wilson, he sees like half of it, right? So he gets like that much, and then he turns his head and he misses the rest. But like, are you not at all concerned that someone just robbed you? Maybe a little? (laughs) 40 years down the drain. Sounds like a terrible investment, if you ask me. (laughs) Someone's been in his house. There's the safety of the child that he's protecting at the time. He, like, he doesn't look for his wife in that moment to make sure she's cool. It's a, it's a bit dark, Corey. Dennis said, "You gonna fuck with that safe? No, nobody's fucking with that safe but me. Anybody's gonna ruin Mr. Wilson's bookshelf safe. It's gonna be me." There was part of me, my memory thought that there was like a stretch of this movie where Walter Matthau was like, thought it was Dennis who had stolen them, the coins. Is that from a different 90s movie? Mm. Do do you know what I'm talking about? Does that ring a bell at all? Like there's just like a act of it where he's like, just assumes like, oh yeah, he did it. I don't know. We'll find it somewhere along the line, Corey, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what movie that is. That does sound vaguely familiar, though. What I remember from Mr. Wilson is that he, like, yells in Dennis's face, but he doesn't. He he's gives him more of, like, a subtle, like... He, he says some pretty, like, <laughs> heavy things in a very, like, subdued and sad way. He says, I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you. Leave immediately and never come here again. Or something like that, right? No, I have the actual line written here. Can you deliver it like Walter Matthau, please? It's, uh, go get a rope. I was just going to say something super dark about suicide. I don't feel like doing that anymore, actually. I'm sorry. (laughs) Back it out of the suicide joke. Back it out. That's a bad setup. I'm so sorry. Hello. <laughs> you said it like perfectly, actually. That's like exactly what he says. You're a pest, a menace, a selfish, spoiled little boy, and I've no use for you. You took something from me that I could never get back, something that means more to me than you ever will. You understand? I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you. Get out of my way. I'm sorry, Mr. Wilson. All right, everybody, the party's over. And this is, of course, Dennis's lowest point in the movie. You know, he's been reprimanded before for being a bad kid. But I think he feels that, like, Mr. Wilson is, like, maybe, like, his best friend. I know he says another kid is his best friend, but I think the movie kind of tells us otherwise. Like, he is very attached to Mr. Wilson. Like, like this is, like, good old Uncle Wilson, you know? This guy's like... Dude, when his parents leave, he goes up to Mr. Wilson. It's super heartfelt moment. And he goes, Mr. Wilson, the only reason I'm not crying right now is because with my parents gone... The only other person I'd want to be with is you. It's like, holy shit. That was... 
Whew. Then some minutes getting deep. You imagine a kid saying that to you? Like, even if it's a neighbor kid or whatever, it's like, damn, kid, you're fam. Let's go. <laughs> Mr. Wilson's response is sarcastic and dry. And he says something like, I can't tell you how deeply moved I am. <laughs> He's basically like, fuck you. Like, I hate you. And because the kid doesn't understand sarcasm, the kid is not offended. But review dude, Josh, let's talk about Dennis. Dennis the Menace's lowest point where he runs away. You know, he gets on his little trike. Riding his trike in into the darkness, just uh, runs right into Switchblade Sam, who tells Dennis he's going to take him as his hostage, and Dennis is just super fucking stoked about it. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis has gotten over his trauma. Like, this is like, (laughs) this is like a new thing, you know? It's like, all right, I was pretty sad, but this seems kind of fun. All right, I'm on board with this, whatever this is. <laughs> that was one of the things I kind of remembered, one of the few things I remembered about this movie, and I thought it was would be more about it, the whole Dennis with Switchblade Sam. That's like 30 minutes of the movie. I was kind of expecting more of a road trip movie with them. It's not even 30 minutes, is it? Yeah, it's like kind of right at the end. I think we get like a good like 12 minutes with the two of them together. I remember that being like a bigger part in my head growing up for some reason, but uh, yeah. I guess I was just so traumatized by Christopher Lloyd trying to eat beans. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into that, Brother Josh. Maybe you can kind of like tell us about like what the... (laughs) What happens with these two characters when they finally meet, right? It's almost like the movie's been building up to this. Like the movie has been setting up these two in the same place, and here we are. Agreed, but I don't like what Review Dude is implying because that's basically my dad's chili recipe, what you see on screen. In this uh, well, movie. I'm not saying it's disgust. It's when Christopher Lloyd is eating it, the way he looks, it's, yeah, that's traumatizing. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Seems like you're being pretty belittling towards my family. But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I feel like it's a pretty brief hostage scene. But Dennis the Menace just home alones the hell out of Christopher Lloyd. Makes a mess out of him, makes him trip over himself, makes him stab himself, almost drowns him. <laughs> Gets in his head, makes him tie himself up. Makes him consider his humanity. Makes himself see from a different perspective. It gets deep with these guys. Pretty scary at night. I'm sure glad I ran into a grown-up. It's gonna work out real nice. You can be my hostage. Cool. I can only be your hostage till tomorrow. I have church in the morning. You ain't going to church. You and me catching the midnight train out of here. Really? We better stop at Miles first. Just have to tell my mom and dad or else they'll worry. And I have to get clean underwear and my camera. And I have to tell my parents to feed my fish, some sunblock, and vitamins. I just have to play with them on the train so I don't get bored. Put a cork in it. You're giving me a headache. I don't have a 
o'clock. Shut your mouth. I can't because my nose is the fix of my allergies. If I shut my mouth, I can't breathe good. Then keep your mouth open, but don't talk. Where do you put the cork when you put a cork in it? Didn't I ask you to shut your yap? What's a yap? It's your mouth. I can't shut my mouth because my nose is stuffy. Shut up! Dennis annoys the living shit out of him, right? That's like the first yes. thing that happens between the two of them. Like just Dennis's like general demeanor, like his personality really bugs Christopher Lloyd as Switchblade Sam. So that's like one aspect. He won't shut up. And then it starts to get to like the the old like Dennis the Menace shenanigans, like accidentally bonking him on the head, like accidentally tossing a hot coal into his trousers. <laughs> Excuse and Christopher me. Lloyd absolutely sells all of these moments, right? When the cold goes down his, his backside or whatever, and he takes a solid second, like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, great shit. You forget how physical of an actor Christopher Lloyd was, you know, during peak Christopher Lloyd times until you see it. And it, it's wonderful to see. It truly is. He's firing on all cylinders, I think. One of my favorite parts about this is pretty subtle. It's just like how long it takes Christopher Lloyd to open this can of beans and like how fucking frustrated he's getting as he's doing it. And this is like a giant Costco sized can of beans. Like this is like the biggest can of beans ever. And he's just like trying to fucking cut it open with his switchblade and it's like pissing him off because he can't quite do it. And you got Dennis in his ear and he's getting more and more mad. I absolutely love it. Like, I know we've said the words Home Alone probably like 10 or 12 times already, but this beat of like a really good actor like Christopher Lloyd or Joe Pesci getting, I don't know, like burned by a small child, <laughs> by a small blonde child in particular. <laughs> yeah, right. This stretch of the movie, like Christopher Lloyd goes on a ride with Dennis the Menace that is really reminiscent of like what we used to call the funny parts of Home Alone. <laughs> or I just called it the traps, you know? The traps. He gets waterboarded by the CIA during this section of the movie, practically. <laughs> when, for Home Alone specifically, sometimes I would just skip to the traps. The traps. You call it the traps. I love that. I would fast forward the movie sometimes to like 
at the very end of Kevin being in the church with the old like snow shoveler guy. Because after he leaves the church, it starts playing that song, you know? It's on. Yeah. I know you got that song playing right now. Oh, dude, it's so good. I used the metal version of it in one of our Three Ninjas pitches. <laughs> I think it's actually called Setting Up the Traps by John Williams. Really? <laughs> or so, It's something like that, like arranging the traps or something like that. I like to imagine like every little region of America had like a different little idiom or lingo for like that section of that movie, which is awesome. And this movie really tries to like do that part here, right? It's like the kid against the villain. And, like, the villain is, like, such a villain. Like, there's no, like, redeeming quality. There's no gray area. There's no, I kind of see where he's coming from. He's not misunderstood. No, no. He's a goddamn diddler. This is a, a, a villain of, like, a certain genre or maybe of, even of a bygone era, right? It's just, like, the, the personification of a bad guy in the context of this town. This is this town's worst nightmare. He's an orc. Yeah, he's very storybook villain. Uh, like he looks like a like a children's drawing. Like how comical, like evil he looks. You know, like the juxtaposition of this bright, colorful town, and he's just in these browns and blacks and grays and shit. Josh, what would you do if you saw this guy like walking uh, in your street, like you, this exact guy, but you didn't recognize him as the actor Christopher Lloyd? Because I feel like your town is kind of like this town. Whoa. <laughs> I'll say, hey, let's let's make this a little bit smaller. If I saw a guy walking down the street when I'm just like driving to South Bend or in Elkhart or something, that's fine. They're doing their business. But if I saw a guy like in my neighborhood, maybe he's watching some teenagers on swings he's like at the park <laughs> yeah he's at the, he's at the park and he throws this trench coat over one of their purses <laughs> at that point i'm calling the police officers which is what happens in this movie <laughs> and chris hansen the, the cops come pretty quick in the scene that i'm talking about and i appreciated that it's like yeah this dude sticks out and it needs to be addressed right? <laughs> he is up to no good He's farting something fierce, and it's a problem. He is not blending in. So let me ask you even further. I want because I kind of want to go into this more. Okay. If yeah, he, yeah. this guy, you know how he walks. He walks with a pep in his step. He does a slight dance. He's walking up to your door, and you see him coming up. You're looking out the window, and you see him coming up. Do you tell your kids to go to their rooms? <laughs> No, I'm gonna. It's like it's more like Swiss Family Robinson. It's like assume the positions, <laughs> troops. <laughs> they all pull out their guns. <laughs> yeah, like one of them pops up. Like there's a doggy door in the front door, and they pop their head out and shoot him in the balls with the BB gun. <laughs> yeah. That's the first step. <laughs> this is my house. I have to protect it. <laughs> Don't get scared now. 
Yeah. Don't get scared. This is it. Don't get scared now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, I think, to be honest, though, this kind of person actually existing in some sort of ephemeral way in the real world is like why we tell our kids like hey if i'm in the shower don't just answer the door to anyone that comes up it needs to be like your grandma or grandpa or come get me you know what i mean like that's how it kind of like relates to me in the real world like stranger danger or something absolutely I mean, so few kids can outsmart uh, a true (laughs) criminal like Dennis the Menace can. He's got a knack for it, though, I'll say that. It's just kind of funny how things escalate here. Like, there's, I mean, it's funny in concept. I don't think I actually laughed while watching this, but I still kind of appreciate the concept, despite how stupid it can be, because things escalate, right? Like, first he's just annoying Switchblade Sam. And then Switchblade Sam tries to tie him up, and he's like, that doesn't work. You can't tie me up that way. I'm too small. You have to do it a specific way. (laughs) Starts fucking with him getting in his head. He's like, how do you do it? He's like, okay, I'll tie you up. And then he like ties him up, and he handcuffs him. He's like, okay, now let me loose. And Dennis is like, sure, I'll let you loose. But he drops the key in the beans. He pretends to drop the the, the key in the beans. Oh, he's oh, he's a mastermind. Uh, this This is all masterminded by Dennis. He's like the Joker. He tortures him like the Joker. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. I mean, like, he force-feeds him beans like like the glutton in the movie 7, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kicks him in the stomach. <laughs> that's just part of his torture. He puts a flaming blanket on him to warm him up. Dennis has got the upper hand now. <laughs> Brett would love that if only Brett listened to this podcast that is Brett's like favorite movie folks You know, it's it's a, it's escalating. You know, the fart thing was really funny when I was a kid because he's eating all these beans and he lets out like a nasty fart. A subtle thing that Dennis does when after Christopher Lloyd farts is like, you know, he does the like pu like hand motion, but he does it like very small, like he doesn't move his hand a lot. Me and my friends used to do it exactly that way. <laughs> and to go even earlier, when Dennis is in the garage with the vacuum and he starts like sucking at his own face. And then he looks at the vacuum hose, like, horrified and angry. We used to do that look. Like, me and my cousin would do that look intentionally to try to channel Dennis. So, like, things like that we would adopt from this movie. It looks like the face that you'd give 
a can of spray paint after you took a big huff. <laughs> like Charlie from Always Sunny. What's going on up here? That is 100% pure gasoline. <laughs> so, you know, like, there's the slapstick. There's, there's some, like, configuration, Brother Josh, with a rope that I can't even comprehend. Like... <laughs> It's like Rube Goldberg punchlines. This whole sticky setup of X leads to Y leads to to Z and back to A. Yeah. But there's also this raft on the river that Christopher Lloyd keeps landing on. Yeah. What is that? Why, why is that there? I missed that. It looked like a door. He keeps splashing into the river, and he keeps landing on this. It's like the door from Titanic that Jack lets go of, basically. He keeps slamming into it over and over again. It's weird. Well, like, the joke being, like, whenever he's on fire, he jumps in the water, but he just so happens to jump on a solid object every time. (laughs) Same, like, floating door. It literally happens three times. Like, two times he jumps in, and then the third time... He gets pulled up against, like, the overpass by a rope that gets connected to a train through a series of events that I could not quite explain. Yeah, exactly. But then he falls back down on the door, and then in classic Dennis the Menace fashion, he takes, like, asshole abuse. Like, his his knife falls vertically down straight into his ass. Like, at least that's the way the camera tells the story. We don't actually see the knife inserted in the man because it is, what, a PG movie? But the camera shows, like, his bum, right? And it zooms into his bum from the POV of the knife. So we are led to believe the knife went in. Some Three Ninjas humor for you. I think just based on the fact that Margaret had that one dude kiss a butt early in the movie is also a cue that this is, like... Yeah, kind of a finishing blow into Christopher Lloyd's, Lloyd's colon here. <laughs> like, it's set up deep, deeply. <laughs> Those bean shits are going to hurt. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, ready to explode. <laughs> he gets, like, totally, like, abused by Dennis. Like, he is fucked up by the end of this. Like... You know, at some point at the end of it, like, he just straight up comes at Dennis with a knife and is like, all right, you're going to fucking die now. But he gets thwarted, and at the end of it, like, Dennis is out all night. And in the morning, Dennis shows back up to his neighborhood riding his trike, dragging this fucker behind him, right? All tied up. Like an old Western riding back into town with, with, with uh, your bounty in tow. Yeah. <laughs> and he kept him alive, not even dead. <laughs> Badass. The hangman. <laughs> Dennis the hangman Mitchell. When the hangman catches you, you hang. Yeah. Dennis, just not understanding the situation, just casually hands Switchblade Sam back his Switchblade, and immediately he tries to kill Dennis again. That's how traumatized Switchblade was, staying with Dennis overnight. And Dennis is too innocent to realize it. But, you know, during this whole time, Brother Josh, there's something we kind of forgot to talk about, and that's the character arc of Mr. Wilson, which kind of, like, happened during that whole series of comedic events, right? (sighs) Yeah, I guess. And, like, 
<laughs> he shows up at a park, calls his name. That's about it. Everyone knows, like, Mr. Wilson, the character from the comics and the cartoon, for comedic reasons, the zone that he lives in that's best is when he's grumpy. It's when he's nonplussed at the shenanigans. It's when he's pissed, you know? But it's a movie, so we need to have some arcs. And so, like, when Christopher Lloyd has, quote, Dennis hostage, uh, Walter Matthau is, like, walking around the streets looking for him overnight. And it's kind of a striking image, and it kind of made me feel some feels. He, like, goes to the local playground looking for him. It's all dark. No one's there. He's, like, wandering around these streets, and he's still, like, dressed up to the nines from his, like orchid party earlier so it's almost like I do wish if there was like one scene that was like a Wes Anderson scene that could be like that moody it'd be like Walter Matthau walking around this like subdivision at night lit up by the street lanterns wearing like a loosened suit and tie you know what I mean okay see I was thinking like more dark I was thinking like you know, this movie could be like this uh, criminal does catch Dennis and does actually kill him and Walter Matthau finds Dennis and he finds his body and he like has like a sad like walk back to his house like carrying Dennis's body and like that's his character arc like, you know, he had to learn a hard lesson but he learned that like, you know, maybe he shouldn't be such a grumpy old piece of shit. Such a grumpy grouch. (laughs) Maybe yours is better though, Josh. Let's go with that one. <laughs> no, both both great moods, both good vibes for sure. Both vibes. <laughs> let's kill the kid. <laughs> There's another time I had vibes here at the end, Kylo. It's when Dennis comes back triumphant, and Mr. Wilson is like proud of him and everything. But I thought there's like a pretty cool image of like all the neighborhood kids. Like wanting to tap Dennis on the head, like we're glad you say you're safe and we're glad you're back, sort of idea. You're, I, I don't know. It, it's a little cheesy for sure, and maybe I'm looking too much into it, or maybe it's just a nostalgia thing. But did you guys feel anything during this like final scene at all? Dude, it reminded me of like as like when it was Zack Snyder's movies where like everyone is reaching out to touch Superman. I don't remember which one that is. Maybe Batman v Superman or Justice League. But I kept thinking about that. I was like, did Zack Snyder borrow this shot from fucking Dennis and <laughs> Dennis? And Dennis? Uh, I will say, it, Walter Maddow absolutely sells that arc. Even before Dennis shows up into into frame. He's like waiting around on his porch, thinks he hears the noise, leaning back out, and then he starts to slowly hear the goddamn obnoxious clanking of Dennis's fucking trike. That heartwarming smile comes over his face. Walter Matthau absolutely sells Mr. Wilson's art. It is heartwarming. Well, review dude, do you think he stayed? open to the idea of Dennis hanging around after he got a flaming marshmallow tossed at his forehead? No. (laughs) And rightfully he wouldn't. If he didn't, I would agree with him because it's a flaming fucking marshmallow to the (laughs) face. Get your goddamn demon child. 
under lock and key. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Never mind. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just fuck the, all that character arc. All of it. Release Switchblade Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Release Switchblade Sam. <laughs> I don't think they ever say the name Switchblade Sam. I actually got that from IMDb. But man, perfect name for that fucking perfect villain. I can't praise Christopher Lloyd enough as that guy. And the way he looks, man, a disgusting fucking piece of shit that you don't want anywhere near you. I was kind of half expecting you to tell me a, a behind the scenes story of where like he was relegated off to himself away from the other child actors to help sell the villain factor like Leslie Nielsen did for Surf Ninjas. <laughs> yes, more Surf Ninjas references. <laughs> the only movie I have given a 10 out of 10 on this podcast is Surf Ninjas, and it's the only one that will ever get a 10 out of 10, goddammit. Spoiler. 10 out of 10 on any rating scale you want. <laughs> so the day is saved you know the movie ends there's a little bit of like credits uh, footage where Dennis is like at his mom's work causing chaos for like the woman that hates families right Josh (laughs) she hates family Josh she's just a corporate woman trying to make her way in the world she's going to be the next Fast and Furious villain I was going to say, Vince, Vin Diesel could fix her. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally going to say that. Then you mentioned Fast Furious. Brilliant. That's why we're both Joshes. That's right. That's right. The two Joshes have merged into one <laughs> called Station. <laughs> called Station. 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 What a classic reference. I have a question for you, Kylo, before I finish up here. All right. You told me when we recently reviewed Sin City on spoilers that one of your favorite shots ever in movies was when Jackie Boy gets his face pushed down into the toilet. Amazing. And Mr. Wilson has a sink scene that looks real, real close to that. Oh, you're right. To the point where I didn't know if his head was in the sink or in the toilet, Josh. I know. (laughs) I thought it was a toilet. (laughs) Right? And it's like, why is this man putting his head in the toilet? It's clearly a giant bowl. It's not the same size as a sink. So that in itself, like to see like through the filmmaking is a problem, I think, with that. Doesn't look (laughs) as good made a mistake yourself, Mr. Wilson. You didn't flush. Yeah. (laughs) Dennis says that, yeah. Yeah. She shoves Walter Bathell's head into a fucking piss-filled toilet. Dennis jumps out the window and Mrs. Wilson is like, stop. I think she says stop. (laughs) I can't. I can't hear her over the neighborhood kids screaming. It was actually, he's a grumpy old dickhead. <laughs> he's a grumpy old dickhead. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> you damned fool. What a film. What a film. <laughs>
That one, not this one. <laughs> but like Sin City, there's also a lot of sex references in Dennis the Menace. Are there? Can you remind me? Early on in the movie, the kids are talking incessantly about yeah. where babies come from. It goes on for a while. Through the belly button. Buzz, the bo- the boyfriend of the babysitter, he's reading a book and he says, some trains are impotent, I mean important, especially small male trains. <laughs> I didn't catch that. God damn. Yeah. Uh, Dennis is reading a Peep Show magazine. That's right. Thing later. I feel like there's some I'm missing. Where did he get that? Who gave it to him? This is the big one. Dennis says that something like, oh, my dad can whistle. It's kind of like this noise that he makes on Sunday mornings when both my parents take their shirts off and wrestle with each other. Oh, Oh my my God. God, you're right. See, that's the problem. I had I couldn't understand a lot of these child actors because they thought that I had the CCs on, bro. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, though, Corey? He's like, yeah, my parents fuck on Sunday mornings. Yes, and for some reason, he says that makes him grumpy or something like that. But I think what he's trying to communicate is like they don't want him anywhere near that fucking bedroom, like at that time. <laughs> His mom's Leah Thompson, by the way. His mom is a fucking smoke show. Yes. The the dad, uh, an actor from something else, he kind of looked vaguely familiar. He's, he's Mr. Uh, Leah Thompson is out of my league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then again, she did fuck a duck. Although she has yet to... <laughs> she has yet to screw a kangaroo or finger bang an orangutan, as far as I know. Jeez. <laughs> Look... Howard the Duck is going to absolutely be the next blockbuster. George Lucas is he's he's the man. Well, the the duck should have boobs. <laughs> I think the duck should have teddies. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into ratings. I'm gonna go to Brother Josh first on any rating scale you want. What are you gonna give the nineteen ninety three adaptation of Dennis the Menace? I gotta come clean here. You always say this is any rating scale you want, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure for it to be out of 10, something, something out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can tackle that issue in a future episode, but I will give this movie probably like a sincere seven GD Garden Lanterns out of 10 GD Garden Lanterns. You caught that too? The GD. GD? Yeah. They're just like a really cool type of garden lantern that I'm probably going to look for at Lowe's next weekend. Do you guys have any uh, GD garden lanterns? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Aisle 52. Yeah. Sweet. I legitimately laughed. I think like the ending of this movie with just like Walter Matthau with a flaming marshmallow plastered to his head is a little... cool synopsis it's like this is what the movie is and walter matt walter Matthau. walter Matthau. <laughs> walter Matthau fucking carries this movie so hard 
Um, nothing against any of the other actors or actresses, including Dennis himself. What's his name? Corey? Mason Gamble. Yeah, Mason Gamble. You did all right. You were just a kid. You did great. But Mr. Wilson is what makes this movie just delicious to watch. It's <laughs> kiddish. It's immature. It's honestly like a little lame. It's not a mind blower, but you're going to have fun with it. Maybe watch it with a kid for a bonus point. Thank you very much, Brother Josh. I'm going to go next. I'm going to give this one six and a half out of ten Peep Show magazines. But <laughs> before I talk about the movie, I just want to say something that is people that know me, like my family, like know that I like to bring this up. There was a Dennis the Menace like show, kind of like a stunt show, but not really stunts. It was more like a special effects show at Six Flags Magic Mountain right after this movie came out. So it must have been like in 94 or something. Six Flags Magic Mountain brings Dennis the Menace to you with the all-new Dennis the Menace screen test show. Boys and girls, moms and dads, see how movies are made and star in a super stage show based on Warner Brothers' new live-action movie, Dennis the Menace. It's lights, camera, action. Go behind the scenes as Six Flags brings you the magic of movie-making. So come on, it's free with your Six Flags admission. Things will get messy at the Dennis the Menace screen test show. Now at Six Flags Magic Mountain. And I went there with my family, my mom, cousins. My cousin Shane was closest to my age. A stunt show? It was kind. Of, it was more like a special effects kind of show. Like watch an old man get shot in the chode with a golf ball. <laughs> there was stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like they kind of showed like how movie magic works. Like I got called on stage before the That's show cool. began. Like there was like the hype man, right? And he did like the pre-show, and he called up some kids on stage, and he gave me. What looked like a real like toilet, like a porcelain toilet, but it was like super lightweight. And he was kind of trying to explain like mo- how movie magic works, right? So he like bent over. This isn't weird, by the way. He bent over and he was like, hit me with this. So like I hit him on the back with it. And then like whoever was doing the sound effects made like a huge like crash sound. So he's like, that's how it works in movies, right? Like something like that looks like it's going to hurt you really doesn't. And then they add sounds. And that's how that works. But the actual show itself, they called up other kids on stage to kind of like play Dennis. And they each got to do like a certain scene for this show. And it was a lot of like Mr. Wilson shenanigans, right? Like he tries to like, I think he's like trying to like spray wash his house and like it goes crazy and it hurts him or something. And then like Dennis would run in and like say something and then run off stage. And my cousin Shane was one of the kids that got called up as Dennis and he bought like the home VHS tape. And I've wanted to rewatch that tape my whole fucking adult life because it was like such a special memory for me. I swear to God, I can't go to this theme park without talking about this. And it feels really good to vent this out right now. People that are my age that went to Six Flags parks around this time in the 90s might remember this whole experience. I really hope I'm unlocking a memory for some people. And uh, my cousin still has the tape. I talked to him today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get that tape and I'm going to create a digital version of it and put it on my YouTube channel at some point. Yes. Yes. So you guys will get to see my cousin on the Dennis the Menace stunt show or whatever special effects show, whatever it was called. Really awesome. Going back to the movie, Switchblade Sam Christopher Lloyd is a fucking gem in this movie. 
it's so ridiculous it's almost so bad it's good but it's just kind of like good sometimes like when the cop gives him a hard time and like he just like clacks his teeth together and like raises his eyebrows and walks away i'm like you fucking <laughs> this dude is chewing man he's fucking he's <laughs> he is literally chewing the scenery so I just I love that I love the nostalgic factor with this movie. Like sometimes I might like rewatch a blank check and be like, "This movie is gross and I hate it." I rewatch this one and I'm like, "Holy fuck, this kid is literally me because I took this kid's like traits and I like merged them into my life in a weird way. I would kind of do things he does and say things he says. Really special place in my heart for this movie. That's why the rating is on the upper side." You know, the acting, I think, is pretty fine. Uh, Dennis's mom, I think, is pretty fine, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, anyway, I like this movie, actually. I don't I don't hate it. People probably went into this thinking I would trash this like I did with Kid in King Arthur's Court. It's really not the case. You know, despite this movie being, like, very similar to other movies that came out around the same time, I still have some respect for it. Now, is Shane the same cousin that took the crawfish and put him in a shallow bucket of water and left him out in the heat to dehydrate? Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> Not to make you have to edit this episode at all or anything, but I just uh, no, yeah, he, I feel like he's come up a few times in the podcast. Shane was crazy. I'll say that. <laughs> I love that you're hanging out with Shane and know him still. I didn't know that. That's sick. I got to see him again for the first time in a long time last year. It was like the first time I've seen him in years. And I found out he doesn't live too far. So, you know, I'd love to spend some time with him again. Shane, listen to this episode. I really hope you are. I'm going to I'm going to send it to him. But I don't care about crawfish at all. Shane, they can get fu- like what they can get fu- it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Crawfish can suck my dick. <laughs> 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 All right, before I go down memory lane too hard, review to Josh, what are you going to give Dennis the Menace? So, I, I didn't have a whole lot of nostalgia for this one, but that being said, I'm going to give it six flaming marshmallows to the face out of ten. Like, Walter Matthau and Christopher there Lloyd absolutely kill it. Uh, they, they are the shining, shining fucking examples of this movie. Uh, the plot is relatively inoffensive it's just wacky kid hijink shit yeah it's a solid kids movie nothing nothing to uh to get worked up over about you know fucking a thank you guys very much for your ratings and thank you for being on this podcast it's really good to pod with both of you you guys haven't been on this show in a while so it's just great to have you here you guys i'd like you to shout out what you do and we can start with brother josh can you Tell the audience about what it is that you do outside of your guest appearances on Big Dumb Movie. Outside of my guest appearances on Big Dumb Movie, I actually cease to exist. I uh, become like a sleeping nanobot, and I have DMT dreams until my next Big Dumb Movie appearance. Josh has to activate you when the time comes. Has no corporeal form. I hope I'm activated soon. Kylo, uh, if you could call me soon. Uh, anytime anyone Googles my name, it extends my life. Um, so just Josh from Goshen. No spoilers, Patreon, nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, spoilers, podcast. But, but uh, yeah. 
they know about that. Dude, we're like brother and sister podcasts. Everyone, know, like, if you listen to Big Dumb Movie, you've probably heard about spoilers. I'm on spoilers a lot. Corey's on spoilers a lot. Sometimes the spoilers guys are on Big Dumb Movie. So, like, we're just like a little pod family. It's good times. But we got to have this other Josh on spoilers, I think. And that is, of course, Josh Pinson, the review dude. Why don't you tell us about what you do, man? I currently make nothing, but hopefully by the time this airs, I will be making videos again where I just kind of talk shit about movies and stuff like that. So come over to my channel if you look forward to that. I would love Josh to be on spoilers. Josh, we've been on a Big Dumb Movie episode together before one time. Can't yeah, recall what episode it was. Nostalgic video games. Oh, yes. With Stevie from Spoilers. And that's actually an awesome episode. It is. That's That was actually a terrific time just among friends. And I won't <laughs> forget it, folks. Well, this year I really like to do Nostalgic Video Games Part 2. So you guys prepare the video games you want to talk about for that. And the audience can look forward oh, yeah. to me releasing that in a long time. <laughs> Nothing immediate. No promises. In a long time. <laughs> Get ready to wait. Thank you guys very much. If you, the listeners, want to write in, you can email me at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. But the best and biggest thing you can do for this podcast is to leave a positive rating and written review on Apple Podcasts. So you may or may not listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but surely you know someone that has an iPhone. Pull up Big Dumb Movie on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and type a little short review. It can just be like, I like this, or it can be the word good. It doesn't have to be in-depth, but it helps us a lot. We also post our episodes on YouTube, which usually don't have as many clips because YouTube is really coming down on me lately for adding clips. But if you could just go there and give it a thumbs up, leave us a comment. If you want to interact with us for any given episode, the best way is probably to leave a comment on YouTube because I check those most regularly compared to other areas. But yeah, let us know what you think about stuff. Let us know what you'd like us to do. Let us know what cartoons we should have talked about but didn't yeah. that have banger intro songs. One that came to me a little late in the game is DuckTales. Oh yeah, mm. DuckTales has got a fucking banger intro. That's about all I got. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. We love you. And good night.